All right, so second podcast. Um, so we've just listened to the first one we did, and um, it was very interesting to see how it went and what we spoke about. Um, so what did you think about it? How did it come across? Well, the one thing I picked up is the danger of me coming across as Mr. Perfect. Yeah. Because um, I've been a parent and I've parented you and you haven't been a parent and you're interested in what's it like for parents. Mm. And so it's bound to be that you've got the questions and I've got the answers. So I just want to make it clear that I haven't got all the answers or it's not that's not how you learn stuff. I know everybody knows that you learn stiff stuff bit by bit. Yeah. So um, to explain things, I quite often look for a nice, simple, straightforward, domestic, I call it a metaphor, you know, just a situation we can all grasp easily. And I don't know why, but it came to me that um, getting something really hot out of the oven is a little bit of a skill that you learn as you go along. But that actually, the very, very first time you do it, you approach the task with quite a bit of knowledge because I don't think anybody takes something hot out of the oven without some protection for their hands. Yeah. Because they've learned that that's... That heat that hurts. That heat hurts. So they've learned it off their parents, they've washed parents, they've probably learned it from physics at school. Mm. All sorts of things lead up to that very first time that it's your responsibility to take something out of a hot oven but the things you learn as you go along are quite often come from mistakes. So you want to take something hot out of the oven and you haven't found a space to put this hot thing down on that's safe. And you're left standing there with this hot thing getting hotter because the heat's now coming through the tea towel. Yeah. And you're going, oh, 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 oh. So you'll do that a few times before you finally learn that the safest thing to do when you approach an oven is to find a safe space for this hot thing. Yeah. Then you'll make mistakes about the thickness of the towel, you'll use a wet towel at some point, grab it, and cause heat conducts through the dampness and burns your hand. You won't do that very often again. And then things like I've done is stand over the oven, a, a, a low oven door, you stand over it, you open the door, and the heat comes straight up and hits you in the eyes. And yeah, it's just really, that. yeah, that's horrible. So you think that um, parenting is... Something that when people have kids, it'll be like, yeah, I kind of know what I'm going to do. As yes. in, it's terrifying. Yes. But yeah, I know that I want them to be a functioning adult and I need to teach them manners and that all that kind of stuff. But yeah. then you'll get situations where you're like, oh God, they're not doing what I thought they yeah. should do. Or... So the stuff I'm coming out with is stuff I've mostly learned from my mistakes. And you are the kind of person that thinks yeah, and theorises about it. So I yeah. yeah. I notice mistakes and think, I don't want to do that again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not that I got it right right from day one. So in the first podcast, I mentioned Mabel being on the floor, all four limbs going at the same time, <laughs> um, right by a till in a queue with people looking at her. And I thought, when I got you, you a bit older, Agnes as a baby, yeah, one pram, two loads of shopping, oh going God. out the door, and Mabel choosing this moment <laughs> to think, I wonder how far I can push Dad, which is basically what she's done. Most of it when she's little, anyway. Yeah. Now, what do, I don't know what to do at that point. I act on instinct. But, of course, now I can look back. 
think right was that the right thing to do would I do yeah, it again and I think if that, I can pass it on what what would you do if that situation crops up yeah and I think that means it's more relatable so what I was going to say about me listening to the podcast is um what I wanted this podcast to be was like our experiences me being the child and you being the parent and then me being at the age where I'm like right you know kids is going to be coming up soon um advice about how to do it and what to do and what you learn from bringing us up whereas in the first podcast it was like oh I've got this story which or this experience that happened to me the other day but didn't relate it at all to any situation that we were in personally on how you dealt with it so I think it would be quite interesting this time to talk about us in a cafe and I think the other thing as well is you've got well I've got three sisters so you've got four daughters like there was a lot of times when we was we'd be in cafes and you'd take us out and then you have and Amy Amy. who was another very close friend of the family when we were younger um so to manage five kids in a um public space and also um little life life lessons like we at the end of the last podcast we talked about kind of or I mentioned something like oh it's like giving a kid like this is a life lesson in how to behave in a cafe I feel like we had quite a lot of that so one of the memories I have is you never uh ordered for us but like that's not in a positive or negative way that frustrated me at the time because I was like I don't want to have to talk to strangers and I don't want to have to go up to the counter and order something and pay for it like I, I'm i like 8 or 9 like that's not what we do I was probably a bit older but that's something that I remember was frustrating at the time you'd make us go into a shop you'd make us in the cafe we'd be the ones that'd have to order and you'd just sit there and not so mm. what do you have to say about that? that that's um <laughs> That tech, technique, though, that, that principle of mine came from my own childhood. And it was from my own shyness of dealing with adults. Okay. So when I look back at my own childhood, I thought, mm, I don't really want my kids ever to be shy of dealing with adults. Because adults are nice people. They're just there to be dealt with. Yeah. Now, I'm an, now that I am an adult, I know it's not difficult. Also, I, could, I remember children around me. I, I think we should say as well, like, adults in supermarkets and cafes not just like adults yeah, on yeah, the yes. street i mean yes, adults you need to deal with yes. <laughs> not just like in a controlled situation adults coming up to you and offering yes. you sweets but i do remember also being with other children who could deal with waitresses and uh, people in supermarkets and other adults mm. comfortably so i didn't like being shy mm. which is the i don't like that word um so i thought um when I'm with the children, they are in the perfect situation to do this because I'm there to support them. They know I'm there. Yes, yeah, I'm tough true. because I'm not going to give in, but <laughs> neither are they there by themselves. Yeah. So whatever happens to them, I'm always there. Um, so I just thought that's the perfect place for them to learn how to speak clearly, smile, deal with the waitress or whoever it is. Um in an in an adult way and it would give them confidence that the child would give it confidence and also just show that this is just the way things work you know it's no no big deal it's how it works so do it what's really interesting is from when i was little the way it came across to me was like dad's being lazy <laughs> <laughs> so because it would always you didn't want to do it well and it's and it's that kind of um 
it, I think it's one of the first times you kind of get to take responsibility from when I from what I can remember sitting in a cafe having the menu because you mentioned in the other podcast that this dad gives his basically asks the six and a half year old like, what do you want because you wouldn't even do that no it was my it was like a right here are the menus you'd order yours and then you'd be sitting there like looking at us like right I, a particular technique of mine would be to look down at the crossword so that the waitress could not catch my eye so the waitress would have to deal with you as individuals not through me okay and I, we may come back to that as a technique i i think is a, a, a really good way of doing it because it, to be fair to the waitress um you know, they've got to get on, they've got to do the work. But I was quite confident that you children wouldn't mess about. Well, you wouldn't mess about because I was sat there. Yeah. So I knew she wasn't going to be held up. It is just natural and respectful for her to go through me. So I'd give my order first, so I'd be respectful past, and then I'd look down at my cross. So what do you think... I mean, so there's part of it which is like, so you don't want us to be scared of dealing with adults from a fairly young age, but... What are the like? What do you think are the impacts of not doing that? Do you see what I mean? So if you took charge, mm-hmm. and a lot of people do it, a lot of people where do. they'll just they'll either order for their kids or, or ask they'll them. ask them and put yeah. pressure on them. So what do you think is the impact of and that? The, if I can just indulge myself for a minute, the one I hate is where the parent says, "Why don't you have beans on toast?" <laughs> so now you've got to answer that question and then you've got to answer it in a way that it's going to satisfy the parents and then you've got to make your own choice as well when you're yeah. already floundering and you're being rushed um so i i got a memory of taking you all to Newquay on holiday and going into a cafe there mm. but it must be that you four were already used to it and amy wasn't because i just remember amy being a bit um yeah, put off by the fact I wasn't doing it for her. And she kept mm. looking at me and... That, that, Wanting a bit of input. Yeah, and yeah. It, I could just know... She could pick it up really quickly, but I just I remember noticing the contrast. Yeah. I also remember the fact that you were quite resistant. Mabel wasn't, but became a bit more resistant. After yeah, that's the true. She was interesting. As a, as a little one, she was so cheeky and confident and upfront, and then sort of went off a bit and then sort of come back a bit. But then, I mean, this is a whole other podcast, but I can, like, my confidence with, like, uh, waitresses and just adults in terms of, like, shopping and going out and interacting like that is a whole different ball game, ball game from, like, general confidence. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like Mabel started off as general confidence with everything. Yes. And then potentially things started to meld into one just, like... I don't know, maybe through school or something, talking but to... But it just other. goes to show how different children can be. Yeah. And so as the parents, you just got to... You have a broad rule and stick to it. And the kids will just have to bend their knee. Because they're going to have a nice time anyway. It's only a small part of going out. Agnes, I can't remember her changing at all. She was just Agnes. And then Martha was as resistant as you were to begin with and fought a bit longer. Yeah, Martha... Yeah, so my, the other memory I've got is that Martha was so quiet. And the thing is, to be fair to her we were a lot older so I was like seven when she was born so you know by the time you were making her do that I would have been what 14 13 something like that and she wouldn't look at the waitress wouldn't speak up and we'd all be there just watch like come on I think there's another important thing about Martha of course that she came into being like five and six years old and able to do it after me and your mum had separated Mm. 
So she and was only doing it with me as the sole parent. You mean like the only time she was ever made to do it was yes. with you, which was... Well, I don't know what your mother did, but certainly... Yeah, I get what you mean. With me there, I was there by myself with, as, with the four or five of you. Uh, so I think that's a bit different. But she was a bit slower uh, and more resistant. Um, we talked about in the first podcast about the preparation. Mm. And there's an amount of preparation, of course, that goes on at home around the dinner table. Because to be able to behave in a cafe, you've got to be able to behave at home too. You have to know what to do with the knife and fork. You have to know what the sort of rhythms of eating are and the etiquettes and stuff. That's true. And that's quite a lot of work. I mean, in particular... Because you can probably, you can forgive a three-year-old, but you can't yes. really forgive a six, seven-year-old, no, can no, you? that's correct. And so, and also it's the <laughs> confidence. If, if a child has been um, every dinner time around the table at home, it's the same basic routine of sit still. You don't have to eat your dinner have to sit still, contribute to the conversation, and wait until you're told to leave the table. Yeah. If that's the basic set of rules, then when they enter the cafe at five or six years old, they're fairly confident. Oh, it looks I just, the same. I just thought, so Martha, when she was younger, never sat down on a seat and would use her hands all the time. Was it that that used to just drive you mad? So do you think there's a correlation between the fact that there were issues around the dinner table with Martha and that when we went to a cafe, she just shrunk? No. You don't think? Okay. No, what I think... I, mean, I don't know, do I? To be I'm getting a bit too psychological. Yes. No, what I, what I, my, I mentioned that is, as, as you quite rightly point out, is Martha had this habit of, of, of standing by the dinner table. Yeah. <laughs> she wouldn't stand anywhere else. Um... <laughs> But at least when she went to a cafe, she still knew what was what. Yeah. And also, you all drank tea and coffee. You understood how tea and I, coffee we, works? We didn't drink coffee. I don't uh, think, tea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you, you understand, to... you, you're confident with hot liquids. Uh, you understand yeah, it can be dangerous. Yeah, that's true. Um, you're all used to a knife and fork. You understand about those. You're, under, you, you're used to portions. You're used to... All these things. So also, you, different food. Different foods, yeah. Because I imagine a lot of people struggle because if their kids will only eat certain foods, I mean, the food feels like a huge subject, yeah. subject. The other aspect of it, in terms of preparation, is that you've got the from day one preparation of how to behave, how to behave around the dinner table. So when you enter the cafe, you enter with some confidence, but you need some preparation just before the event. And money is a big aspect there. Mm. Uh, the older ones, in particular, because um, mostly from memory, I've gone into cafes and restaurants with you, not too worried how much it's going to cost, although there are one or two spectacular <laughs> incidents in our yeah. shared lives about getting, me getting it completely wrong. Um, but generally, but there were times when I needed you to choose within a budget. And so I tried to make it clear what the boundaries were on cost. I mean, for the older ones in particular, I wouldn't have done that for the six-year-old Martha, but then I wouldn't expect a six-year-old Martha to choose steak two and a toss at 30 quid a shot. <laughs> Um, so but money is important children are very sensitive to money and it just yeah. needs to be clear up front and not naggy when you're around the table you sort it out before you go in mm. so and a meal can get dear if you start in, involving cokes and puddings you know you, you can be looking even in a normal place for the child you can get up to 20 quid a head without and, and that's like having them four at least four of us at with you at all the time yeah so um, I would be aware of that. And what I didn't want to do is burden my children 
with the guilt of not being expensive. Which is like, it's so interesting thinking about that now because now being an adult and you realize how much guilt there is around if someone invites you out to dinner like what do you choose are they gonna pay why has nobody talked about money yet i don't want to choose something expensive if they're gonna pay but then if i was gonna pay i'd have this so to have those boundaries there for kids because from my memory going out for dinner and stuff I I was always kind of aware that I didn't want to go for anything expensive, but also knew that I had the freedom to be like, well, I really like that, and it's about 10 quid, and I had the freedom to be like, Dad, can I have this? If I was a bit unsure, I wouldn't go for ultimate low price just because no. I thought, well, Dad, I don't know what the situation is. Yeah, yeah, I would try and, as best I could, without getting Mr. Perfect again, but I would try and make the, have a relaxation around the issue of money. Is that restaurants. come from anywhere? Because Yeah, it's come from my childhood. Yeah, from talking about it now. From talking about it now, I'm like I can't really relate to especially being that that young. I can relate to it when I'm like a teenager and then in in uni and stuff, but I can't compare it to anything. Like thinking about it now, I'm just like, well, when we went out to like Newquay and we went places when we were younger, I can't think what some people then go through in mm. terms of not being allowed to choose stuff mm. or their parents getting that involved mm. with their decision-making around menus mm. and stuff. So is that why... Is it happening yeah, I wanted, younger? Yeah. Uh, well, the, the money aspect, I would take the guilt from my mum and dad and it wasn't their fault in any way. Um, mm. that I would just ab- absorb from all sorts of influences the fact that we were now spending quite a lot of money mm. and I was part of that. Mm. and I just wanted for the chil- my children that it was clear either we can or we can't you know so if I wanted them to be cheap I'd say no mm. cheap um, or I don't know what I'd say but I, if, I could, if I could remember or you know but it, it is part of the preparation okay so we I mean money is another whole yes, thing that we can go into so going back to kind of decorum and cafes um i said i don't think you quite answered it about um the impact of not being clear and not preparing kids yeah so like when i go out to the cafe yeah what i'm looking for is i'm looking for an event that i can enjoy with the children that's what i'm looking for so how am i going to get that I want them, one, there's a load of preparation at home so that they understand you sat around the table and there's food, you contribute. Mm. It works well with me there in a cafe because I'm not in a kitchen cooking, so I can referee. Because the only thing that really gets in the way is one of the kids being annoying to another one. <laughs> Whereas they're much less likely to do that if I'm sat there yeah. because I'm, I'm refereeing, so they're more likely just to contribute and have a bit of fun. And just clarify, when you mean contribute, you mean kind of make conversation, chat, 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 just chat. not be moody, yes. be um, a pleasure to be around. That. And so, um, and so what I would do to make sure that happens is have absolute clarity about the event. So what is going to happen about money? We just discussed that. Mm. Um, what, and they already know what's going to happen when the waitress arrives. That by then, they needed to have made a choice. Okay, the, most cafes you get two opportunities because they come for the drinks first and then they come for the meal. <clears throat> and my, my byproduct, after just having a nice time with the children, is that actually the children get confident. 
Because if a child deals with an adult, and sometimes in cafes you're dealing with an adult who's not much older than you. Yeah. You're dealing with a 16, 17 year old, but they're a worker. Mm. And you've got to treat them with the respect they deserve, mm. and you've got to get on. And so you have to make a decision. And I'm not making it for you. I'm not helping in any other way other than I put in the clarity around the situation. So you've got every tool you need, all you haven't got is me making a decision or saying to the waitress, she won't be a minute. What you might get is a little bit of a glare off me, if you are taking a minute, <laughs> you might get that. <laughs> and everyone's really hungry. Which you probably didn't, don't want. And so what I get as a byproduct, I get a nice time with the kids. The kids get a nice time with each other and with me, and that's fine. And the byproduct is they grow a bit in confidence because the next time we're in a cafe, it's not going to be anywhere near as scary. Mm. It's not going to be because they've been through it once. And so they start relaxing and they start getting better at it. They might need a little nudge, a little reminder, but it just gets so easy mm. once you've done it one, two, three times. If you can just stay out of it yourself. Mm. What I see with parents is, is that their own embarrassment about the way the children are behaving with the waitress gets in the way. So there's no progression for the for the children. They don't get any more self-confidence because the thing doesn't quite work. I mean, not that I want to get psychological again, but do you think there is a subtle a subtlety to when a parent takes control, the evening is about them? And if, and if you, as you let us kind of take control of our own thing it's about all of us it's like you can choose what you want we can talk about what we want because that's the other thing that i've always remembered is like we can pretty much talk about what we want every time we've gone out for dinner there's never been anything i mean obviously you don't want to start effing and jeffing like in a public space but that was another aspect of going out we can talk about what we want everyone's getting on everyone's there as well um no one's on their phones I mean, to be fair, when we were younger, they weren't really around. But I think when one of the pitfalls of having a parent take control of like, right, so what are you having? What are you having? Right, so who wants to, right, we need to get the waitress over here. Actually, where do we want to sit? Is this, like, all that makes it about the parent and not about the kids. And maybe I imagine the impact then to the kids is that, oh, fine, right, we'll just, yeah. And potentially they just don't. Have as nicer a time. Yeah, I mean, in general terms, my view of parenting in those situations is that I am there as the backstop. Because so if I'm there, the children know, really speaking, nothing can go wrong. Nothing can go wrong now. Okay. Because I'm the backstop, right? They're not going to get murdered. Yeah. They're going to have confidence that I am there. But... Apart from that, I want to be out of it. I want to be in the background other than a contributor. Yeah. What I don't want to be is dominating at all. Yeah. Because now they're in a social situation. I can get enormous benefit from just having a nice time and enormous benefit in their self-confidence. And it's going to cost me about 80 quid. Well, there's no better deal in life, is it? And you don't have to cook. I don't have to cook. (laughs) (laughs) Or do any washing up. So for me, it's a complete deal if it works. Mm. It works. Um, okay, I've got a question. Um, what I might just be adding meaning to this, and it might make no difference. So we've there's always been four of us. What if you just had one child? What would you do if you had one kid and you just wanted to go out? Well, I can't think it makes any difference. No, I mean the, the, it's hard for the parents. I mean, I had a much easier time of it. Because we can all chat and contribute to each other, I yes. think, as one child, if you want to go out with them, yes. then it needs to be a mutual... Yes. 
but the principles are the same. Okay. Make it comfortable for the child so they can feel confident and express themselves and then make them express themselves to the other adults by by not doing it yourself. Mm. But it takes a bit of nerve to begin with because the waitresses will be desperate. That's what I was thinking. Because what age do you start? I mean... Straight away. Yeah, uh, I, to me, I, I don't know my age as a no. kid. I don't well, know how, like, what well, age I can talk and, and in stuff. The last, so. In the last episode, I mentioned um, a little family unit with a six-and-a-half, seven-year-old and a three, three-and-a-half-year-old. That three-and-a-half-year-old was bright enough to make a choice with a little gentle help from mum. Mm. So if, if that three-and-a-half-year-old, Mabel, I would have had no compunction at all. I could have said to her, what, so help some of her choose something and get her to say it to the waitress, waitress mm. because she was so upfront mm. and cheeky and you know and, and spoke well to be i have seen um when i've worked in shops and when i've just been around and about it's really nice seeing parents make their child do that because i think my memory of it is being made to do it myself and i was just like oh why can't dad just go and do it or why do i have to be the one mm. um but when i see like um the parents have given a child some money or like a pound and then they've got to go and get it themselves that that seems quite I mean, depending Sweet. on their age, I'd keep a careful eye on them because I don't want them to be a nuisance and I don't want them to get scared. Yeah, because I suppose it can go into so a again, kind it, of... So again, it's that you set, you set the scene and you step back and let the child express themselves within a, con- within a set of conditions that you've put together and spotted as being a good chance for, you, mm. for the child to get confident. And then you just take a judgment. So maybe for Martha, I would have left it till she's about four or five. I don't know if four... I'm, I can't remember, to be fair. Mm. I just know from Mabel and Agnes... I mean, Agnes, I can't remember at all. I was going to say earlier when you're going on about Agnes is Agnes. So I was like, yeah, you can't remember I just what can't Agnes remember that, is like. I can't remember what Agnes is like at all. <laughs> she was such a middle child that she disappeared. <laughs> she disappeared into, into Mabel's personality. Um, the um, the other aspect of this, I was going to struggle and remember because you've just reminded me, and now it's slipped from my head. Oh, it's yeah, to do with paying. I would I'd make you pay. So I'd take a card out. You all knew my pin number. I give it to one of you, and off you'd go and pay. Mm. Again, I would be there monitoring. I'd never do it recklessly, mm. as far as I can tell. But I'd make you go through that adult transaction, and you knew what to do. Mm. I'd make you watch me do it once or, mm. and then, um, so I could carry on in my crossword. So go and pay. Jeff and the adults looked at you like well, that's such a lazy dad over there. <laughs> Possibly, so perhaps this is just excuses. It might be, um, but the yeah, the temptation. That's what I was going to say. The temptation to interfere in a child's choice is huge. Mm. If the child isn't prepared, then it's not fair to ask them to make their own choice. You have to do the preparation. They have to be ready. It's not fair to make the waitress wait. Mm. Um, and so I would have, you know, I'd made sure everybody understood what the deal was here, mm. which I keep going on about. Get in, sit down, get your drinks, pick your food, tell the waitress. Because um, I've got another story example that I saw out and about, but I think that's going to get into a whole thing to do with choice well, and kids. So I wonder whether we should do that on our next. Well, shall we finish off with that anecdotes we've got from Pizza Express in Hereford? Yeah, yeah, you go for that. Okay, so I don't know. You're all nearly teenagers by then, aren't you? I think Martha's mm. probably about 11 or 12. Mm. Agnes, 14. Mabel, 
16, you 18, something like that. You wouldn't be 18, would you? So perhaps all a bit younger. But in that, you know, you're all over 10, say, you know, over 10 and under 17. And my best friend is in the area and offers to take us out. So he takes us out. So there's him and me and the four children. And we sat all dressed up, really nice, um, evening out in Hereford. And he's paying. So I got a huge smile on my face. <laughs> Mr. Happy I am. And um, so we all get get in and they take us to our table and we all sit down and shuffle around and move all the bits and pieces. And then the lady comes with a menu and hands all the menus around. And then the menus get open and there's loads of chat and excitement and you all the girls are looking glam. It's fantastic. And then my friend looks up and he said, all right, guys, because... He's been living in England for ages. He says, guys, <laughs> he really means girls. He says, right, guys. He said, what's everybody having? And I look up from my menu <laughs> and I look around and the look of astonishment on all your faces because you don't really know what he's on about. <laughs> How dare you interfere? So then he says, um, what have I said now? So he looks at me for some help because I'm not going to help him, am I? I mean, he's been you know making me jump off walls since I was four years old. Four oh years old. This is this is like vengeance for me now, revenge. So I said, "Well, the thing is, guys, I said they don't actually they're not used to this daddy business. You taking charge is really kind of you. We know why you're doing it, but you taking charge in this daddy type way is like more humanist than anything. It's like watching a telly." <laughs> I was only trying to help you say no no don't take it personally it's just that if you think about what you're doing I said they've got menus they can read they've been out loads of times before and for some reason you want to be the waitress well why would you do that yeah so true the waitress come up and you all gave your orders in and we had, he sat there with, and we had a lovely evening and fair place the guy he sat there with a big smile on his face <laughs> but that was an interesting example he's got children of his own and they're about the same age mm. he's got a couple and they're about the same age and he was so used to organising the event mm. and no harm to it absolutely no harm at all but actually if you think about it it's such an opportunity to get your children to be confident in a social situation why turn it down yeah. why take over there's so little gain to getting in the way of your child dealing directly with the waitress and so the impact is that we all love going to cafes yeah <laughs> and none of you cook and none of us like cooking <laughs> perfect